This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to pain.tv slash gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, again, folks, up on the screen for the video audience, we have Introduction to Technocracy. We read that quote by Lord Kelvin. Now, in this document, folks, you're going to find part one, which is definitions and laws. We'll quickly breeze through that, folks. We have part two, the technologist looks at social phenomena. We have part three, thermodynamic interpretation of social phenomena. And then we have part four, references and notes. It says here, technocracy study course. Select reading list for laymen from the literature of science, other science, statistical, and historical references books, a note on the work of Thorsten Veblen. And then we have originally printed as a hardcover book by the John Day Company in 1933 before March, most likely. This edition says that it was assembled and edited by Frederick L. Ackerman, Harold Ward, M. King Hubbard, and Dal Hitchcock. And it says, first printing by Technocracy, Inc., 1936, by Section 1, RD12349, Vancouver, British Columbia, scanned in from the third printing, 1938, new edition, in print until 1949, formatted and lightly proofread by Trent. All right, you got that, folks? Now, this is important here before we get into this. As you uh, noticed up there, it says a note on the work of Thorstein, uh, Thorstein Veblen. Thorstein Veblen. And so I pulled this up for you guys. Uh, Thorstein Veblen, he's important, and eventually we're going to get in to Thorstein Veblen because he inspired some of Howard Scott's work. But it says here, I'm just over at Wikipedia, Thorstein Bundle Veblen, 
born July 30th, 1857. He died on August 3rd, 1929, so four years before Technocracy Incorporated was started. Uh, Veblen was a Norwegian-American economist and sociologist who, during his lifetime, emerged as a well-known critic of capitalism. In his best-known book, The Theory of the Leisure Class, 1899, Veblen coined the concepts of conspicuous consumption and conspicuous leisure. Historians of economics regard Veblen as the founding father of the Institutional Economics School. Contemporary economists still theorize Veblen's distinction between institutions and technology, known as the Veblenian dichotomy. All right, so that's his... Veblen's distinction between institutions and technology. As a leading intellectual of the progressive era in the United States, all right, we can go back to Woodrow Wilson and Teddy Roosevelt one day if you want to, but that's the progressive era. Veblen attacked production for profit. His emphasis on conspicuous consumption greatly influenced economists who engaged in non-Marxist critiques of fascism, capitalism, and of technological determinism. All right, you got that? So this guy, Thorstein Veblen, all right, born in Wisconsin, he's important. And he's going to eventually come into some of the future work we do as he actually met with Howard Scott and there's overlap between them. But I'm not going to get into that tonight because I'm hopefully going to work up to these energy credits that I want you to see. Now, it also mentions here that this book was assembled by and edited by Frederick L. Ackerman. Okay, so Frederick L. Ackerman, I pulled this up on Wikipedia. Frederick L. Ackerman, uh, 1878 to 1950, was an architect and housing reformer in the United States. He supported proactive engagement of the federal government to supply quality housing for the working class. He participated in the federal government's earliest housing program with architects Clarence S. Stein and Henry Wright on their projects. Sunnyside, that was in 1924, and Radburn, which was in 1928, and worked for the New York City Housing Authority. While he favored traditional architecture and lower-income housing, he also designed modernist buildings, luxury apartment buildings, and home designs. Ackerman graduated from Cornell University in 1901 and designed Balch Hall on campus in 1929. Uh, Now, Ackerman was an original member of the Technical Alliance which later became known as the technocracy movement after it published its results in the early 1930s of an energy survey of North America. Remember, we covered that in episode 78. That was where they were measuring all of the energy output to basically generate everything in North America. Frederick Ackerman was the source of the first modern architectural handbook, Architectural Graphic Standards in 1932, which was intended as a radical manifesto, basing his practice on the economic critique of, quote, conspicuous consumption, end quote, by which was intended as a, uh, sorry, by Thorsten Veblen. Ackerman was a leader of the technocratic movement. Ackerman directed his employees to develop factual architectural data. The authors of graphic standards, Charles Ramsey and Harold Sleeper, worked in Ackerman's firm. 
Ackerman was an editor of Howard Scott's 1933 book, Introduction to Technocracy, that's what we're doing now, and a member of the technocracy group called Continental Committee on Technocracy. All right, so eventually we're going to go back to this Frederick L. Ackerman. Now, also, this was edited by Harold Ward. Okay, there's not a whole lot on Harold Ward. Uh, and so I'm going to eventually get back to him. I have it on my list. And then we have M. King Hubbard. And this is Marion King Hubbard, born October 5th, 1903, died October 11th, 1989, was an American geologist and geophysicist. He worked at the Shell Research Lab in Houston, Texas. He made several important contributions to geology, geophysics, and petroleum geology, most notably the Hubbard Curve and Hubbard Peak Theory a basic component of peak oil with important political ramifications. He was then referred to as Mr. or as M. King Hubbard or King Hubbard. All right. So he was involved also with this uh, technocracy movement, which I have on another page, but I'm not going to get into the whole thing here, folks. I'll just give you a little bit from Wikipedia. Hubbard was an avid technocrat. He co-founded Technocracy Incorporation, uh, incorporated with Howard Scott. Hubbard wrote a study course that was published without attribution called the Technocracy Study Course, which I have that as well. It's, it's kind of grows out of this other document which advocates a non-market economics form of energy accounting in contrast to the current price system method we went over that yesterday hubbard was a member of the board of governors and served as secretary of education in that organization hubbard died on october 11 1988 at the age of 86 while receiving treatment for pulmonary embolism all right so that's that. And then we have the last one here, which was Dal Hitchcock. Again, not a whole lot on Dal Hitchcock. So I'm going to continue digging for that, folks. But right now, I think we have our work cut out for us with everything we have to learn about the technocracy incorporated movement. All right. So here we go. Part one, definitions and laws. It says, quote, in physical science, the first step is to define clearly the material system, which we make the subject of our statements. This system may be of any degree of complexity. It may be a simple material particle, a body of finite size, or any number of such bodies. And it may even be extended so as to include the whole material universe, end quote. That's James Clerk Maxwell, matter and motion. All right, so they're going to go through a series of definitions. I am not going to go through these definitions with you. Again, this is part of, this is an introduction to technocracy, partially based on the technocracy study course, all right, that we just uh, talked about that King Hubbard uh, actually drafted. So this is going to go through a bit of a science background as they are creating this in a way that they're explaining it to laymen. They wanted to recruit people as part of this movement. So they go through this glossary of words, an index of 
definitions that have to do with science in layman's terms. And I actually talked to Maria Albanese about creating an index of all these new things like the transcranial electronic stimulation helmet that we're learning about. And she shared with me a 35-page index of terms related to all this stuff that Allison McDowell from wrenchinthegears.com put together. And I had explained here because people wanted me to get her on. I had reached out to her on Twitter several times. Eventually, she blocked me. Now, she's not on Twitter anymore. But I will see if I can get her permission to publish that index because I think you guys would really enjoy that. And she did such a fantastic job with it. Why should I do it over again? I should just publish hers and give her credit for it. So we'll see if uh, she allows that because I don't want to be accused of stealing it. All right. It says definitions, mass, motion, force, energy, work, power. All right. Then we get into laws. Newton's three laws of motion. I'm bringing you guys back to uh, high school science. (laughs) I just didn't want to read all those definitions because this is not science class. But Newton's three laws of motion. Do you guys want to hear those? Yeah, we do. Okay, I'll give them to you. One, everybody continues. Every body continues in its state of rest or of uniform motion in a straight line, except insofar as it compelled to change that state by impressed force. And it says this is Galileo's principle of inertia. All right, then we get into change of motion is proportional to the impressed force and takes place in the direction of that force. It says from this law is derived the method of measuring force, which can be observed only in relation to changes of state in a body. And number three, to every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. This states that all force of the nature of stress, that is, a mutual action between two bodies, force could not exist, nor would it be necessary if there were no inertia or resistance to overcome. All right, then we get into the two laws of thermodynamics, all right? And I'm not going to read these for you because they're bulky. But as you can see what they're doing here, these are scientists and engineers. They want to sell basically their manifesto for technocracy to the masses. So they publish a little glossary of definitions. Then they give you Newton's three laws of motion. And they give you the two laws of thermo dynamics okay so they're laying this out for the layman to understand that the scientists and engineers are the smartest men on earth and as you remember what howard scott said that we covered yesterday that the scientists and engineers built the industrial society they put it together and now we had a major problem with overpopulation and people starving so the only people that can oversee the problems are the scientists and engineers that created the industrial system that created all the problems. It sounds exactly like Elon Musk, does it not? I'm creating the problem of AI, but if you put me in charge of AI, I could manage those problems so they're not so bad. Same thing right here. We created the problem. Now we are the solution. Folks, my solution is to take a quick break. Absorb that stuff when we get back more on the introduction to technocracy. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 
You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pain.tv slash gold. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks. I know there's some of you out there that say, Dustin, talk a little slower. But I also know that there's many of you who listen to me at double speed, so apparently I don't talk fast enough. Folks, do you understand how much information there is? I'm doing two hours a day, seven days a week right now. I skip a day here and there. I have to take a little break once in a while. And I'm ready to launch a a morning show off of this and start recording all this stuff. Folks, there's so much information that I have to share with you that if I talked a lot slower, I would literally end up covering like six paragraphs per show. And by the time it was done, the world had already been taken over by the uh, technocracy. (laughs) We would be screwed. I have to get this stuff out there, hope you absorb it, and then you can summarize it and bring it to your friends and family and try to wake people up to this, at least end up helping them in their regular life. A lot of what we're going to focus on, too, over the next year are solutions that you can start to adapt in your life to insulate yourselves. As you know, I've been making moves. I share those with people. You know, we're in the process of looking for a big piece of land. I got to put some more money together for that. But, you know, these are the type of things that you can do in your personal life. But first, you have to understand this stuff, and then you have to make a decision when the final rug pull is coming and decide if you are going to pull the cord on the ejection seat and get the hell out. At a certain point, people are going to have to accept and understand that we are in this new normal. We are in Build Back Better. We are in the fourth industrial revolution, and it's not going to go back to normal. So the things that we may believe in today, like our IRA or 401k, etc., may not be there in three, four, five, six, ten years. We'll get into some of that with Jim when he's on the show tomorrow, but These are the decisions we have to make based on the history by looking at where we are today and then understanding where we're going to go in the future. At a certain point, you have to make these decisions and you're going to have to decide, wait a second, maybe the post-World War II idea of buying a house in the suburbs and then sending my kid to college and then saving to retire at a golf course in Disney are just not what is realistic anymore. And so how could I build a different life, create a new life where I'm not just surviving, but I can also thrive, but it doesn't look like this fake version of the American dream that I've been sold. Maybe that was real at one point. Maybe it was, but I just believe that is not true anymore. And so I am trying to make plans to exit the system as much as possible and figure out how to thrive outside of the system that they make it so easy for us to live inside of. Because it's a big trap, folks, and the goal is to bring us misery and then trap us in the system. As legal man who I've had on, listen to his show at the the Quash on all podcast platforms, you know, as he says, the electronic prison doors are closing and they're keeping us distracted in the meantime. Well, 
I have a feeling, I had a gut feeling that this was going on. Now I'm trying to understand a little bit more about the history of it so I can really figure out what's coming and then figure out the best way to build an alternative life because I don't want to get trapped inside that electronic prison. All right, part two. I'm going to zip through some of this, folks, but it's all pretty important to get to the energy certificate part of this. But part two, the technologist looks at social phenomena, formerly titled The Technologist Looks at the Depression. And this was edited by Frederick Ackerman in 1933. Excuse me. It says, the state of bewilderment and sense of futility that hang like a pall over the peoples of Christendom are commonly laid to the great war and the strange peace conceived in terms of mutual defeat that marked its provisional close. These events are viewed as the immediate casual circumstances that gave rise alike to the decade of golden opportunities and its collapse in the relentless retreat of, quote, values, end quote, that continue to march past day after day in columns of three, high, low, close. Now, you're going to see in some of the speeches that I end up reading from Howard Scott a lot of these themes, obviously, and so... What these guys tend to talk about, folks, is that this idea, uh, like I just told you, that we have to understand that this post-war, uh, World War II American dream idea is done. They're pulling the rug on that. They're moving us into something new, more technology, more technocracy. But this is what they were trying to sell back then, that the old world values of George Washington that the folks were living on in 1933 were not going to hold up under the new industrial era. So they were continuing Again, now, their solution to the problems created by technology, as they were saying back then, people were losing their jobs to the machines, the machines in which they created. Their solution was now, let us be in charge of not only the machines that we built, but also the entire system, and we will take care of everyone. That's what they were saying. Now, to me, they weren't that much of a threat. Back in 1919 or 1933 or 1942, all when they were uh, organizing around this, because they didn't have the technology needed to run this entire prison planet that they were proposing under the guise of saying they were going to take care of everyone. But now it is very dangerous because they do have the technology. Yes, they are still building some of the infrastructure they are still architecting some of this stuff but piece by piece they are implementing it and with a total prison planet technological control system they can run the entire world like a prison it's very simple folks i mean think about this just in simple terms i drive down the main street that leads up to my road which is a little road that that borders sort of the suburb and rural area here I go down that street, folks, they have big boxes with cameras. If I drive over 25 miles per hour, boom, speeding ticket, comes in the mail. When I first moved to this area, I didn't know those things existed. I had come from Tennessee. And next thing you know, in one month, I had $700 in speeding tickets sitting in my mailbox. I I couldn't even believe it. I hadn't even had my mail transferred yet, and I don't get much mail. So... 
I didn't check my mailbox, and like at the end of the month, I opened it up. It was stuffed with speeding tickets. So I mean, that's just that's just this tiniest, most micro example of the prison planet that we live in. It goes on to say, but as everyone knows, there were more remote events out of which the Great War and the unstable peace unfolded. And so, historians, statesmen, philosophers, economists, bankers, businessmen, and politicians explore the background in search of the fundamental causes which they discuss in conflicting accounts of their explorations thus we are buffeted by events and by currents of opinion which bewilder and confuse living in the 20th century these explorers of the past would go to their work under guidance of the 20th century point of view but it happens in this fourth decade of the 20th century. Again, folks, it's back in 1933. It happens in the fourth decade of the 20th century that the current point of view covers an extremely wide area of thought with rapidly shifting frontiers. Within its boundaries, the ancient principles, habits of thought, which guided men's action in the days of pagan antiquity, still do service. We rationalize and debate after the manner of the schoolmen of the Middle Ages. We think and act under the principles of right, equity, property, duty, belief, and taste as stabilized in the days of the handicraft guilds of Central Europe. You see, what they're doing here, folks, is setting up to advocate back in 1933 that people were thinking based on the last couple hundred years instead of thinking how they needed to in a new industrial technological machine driven society right so what they were saying is that we no longer have to worry about that the machines will do all this stuff for us we have to start thinking like this but we need to let the scientists and the engineers run everything they have to be the new government that's what they're setting up here it goes on to say but during the last century and a half a series of ever-changing material factors unfolded at an accelerating rate within the field of industrial activity coincident with the uh, are coincided with the introduction of these swiftly moving technological changes they are developed both independently and consequent upon their introduction a new matter of fact way of looking at facts and events and of dealing with an ever increasing range of problems the modern scientific point of view the 18th century saw the introduction of the powered machine which was first conceived as an extension of the hand operations of craftsmen. The close of the 19th century witnessed the machine process occupying a dominant place in the technological scheme and reshaping men's habits and methods of thinking. The turn of the century marked the introduction and the accelerating rise under guidance of science of the modern continuous technological processes of production. In this new industrial order, the machine was no longer conceived as an extension of the hand tool. It became a moving mechanical element in a sequence of events, the course and rate of which had been arranged and ordered in strict accordance with the exact quantitative calculations of science, men in the fields of scientific inquiry and technological research. The same as those directly engaged in technological employment gradually cease to think in terms of workmanlike efficiency of a given cause working to like effect. They began to think in terms of process. 
All right, so they're talking about here the tools that we used as an extensions of ourselves, like a hammer. Well, they started to think of how to build these machines based on process, not based on an extension of a human, although now you hear them talking about merging man with machine. We perfected the machine. Now we need to turn humans into machines. See, everything that these guys touch, they will always find, as I've told you a thousand times, is inefficient. All right, needs to be streamlined. And that includes humanity. Humanity is inefficient. Think about it. I've said this before, but I'll repeat. The most glaring example now is this war on women by the scientists and engineers and the doctors and these crazy Frankenstein folks that want to tell women that their wombs are inefficient and therefore they should grow their children inside of a synthetic womb. They believe that the creator, God, Mother Nature, whatever it may be, is not efficient enough in selecting the appropriate embryo. That they, the scientists, should be able to take various embryos inside of a petri dish and they you can then select the one that you want that they tell you has the best chance to become the child or the adult that you want to raise see they are playing god everything is about playing god controlling everything around them from the manufacturing process to the natural world to then humanity see it never ends these people are control freaks and i'm telling you if you continue to allow them to engineer things into their vision of perfection right perfection would be in the eye of the beholder like beauty is in the eye of the beholder so whatever scientist or engineer is in charge of whatever process they will continue to engineer that into whatever they think is perfect but now they're messing with the natural order they're messing with natural life and they're messing with humanity that is why i call them hackers pirates and hijackers they are now trying to hijack everything that is natural folks and this is where technocracy and transhumanism comes together to form what i call technocratic transhumanism that is where we are going with this where i'm going is on a quick break folks when i get back let's continue to work through this very important we're going to work our way up to the energy credits but you have to understand first how they start to form these ideas that brings them into the concept of the energy credits ladies and gentlemen i am dust of gold with the dust of gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 